In today's show, we're recapping the action from Thursday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The last day before the NBA's All-Star break, last recap show, I'll be taking a few days off after this. So uh, I'll be back when the NBA kicks back off. So uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, there won't be shows coming unless I get bored sitting around the house and I decide to do something, but I think I might just enjoy the time off. But we do have games to talk about here, nine games on Thursday. Let's talk about those games right now. First game, the Clippers fall to the Wizards, 119-117. And after Kawhi Leonard returned, we had Paul George, the Beatle. He was a late scratch due to dizziness. Um, apparently, he suffered some dizziness in the pregame warm-ups, and they decided not to play him. Fair enough. That's fine. Yep. Look, who knows what it is? Maybe that he has a history of uh, of vertigo, of anything, and uh, it's not for me to judge. It was curious, but it's not, not for me to judge at all. I will judge Patrick Beverly, though, who was great. 26 minutes, 17 points, three threes, two blocks. You know, I've been talking him up as him pushing into 12-team value. I think he's there. I think he's a guy that we can look at as a 12-team league back-end player. Not, not a high-end guy, not a high-upside player at all but a nice back-end player that we can take a look at that can provide value for certain teams. And then Terrence Mann, he really stepped up. He's earned his way into a rotation role, but the 29 minutes here is probably a little bit high. 14-5-3 and three with two threes, while the Duck, Luke Kennard, had his best game. Just the 21 minutes for Kennard, 14 points with four threes and four assists. But again, on a healthy team, despite being a best team best plus 23, he hasn't been a member of the rotation. Serge Barker got into some foul trouble. He was also pretty rough in that playing time. He was minus 22 that was uh, the only play worse than that was Nick Batum at minus 23. Zero points in 18 minutes for Serge, while Ivica Zubats had 13 and 13 in his 29 minutes. I do want to see if we could ever get 24 minutes out of Zubats because he'd be a must-roster player. Lou continues to push against that. Every coach that Zubats seems to have has uh, pushed against that, which is unfortunate, despite, I think, his on-court play justifying him getting more minutes. At this point, he's just a 14-team league guy that we keep on the keep on the side and just see how it goes. The fun guy had 22-5-3 in his return, while Batum, five assists from Nick is good, two steals is good, 20% shooting is bad. And again, he continues to struggle outside the top 200 over the last two weeks. He's now outside the top 100 over the season. And I, I think, again, if you there's someone, say there's a player who's injured that's going to return, that's sitting on the wire, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson, Yusuf Nurkic. I'm sure there's plenty of other names. Larry Nance, who, by the way, Larry Nance, looks like he'll be back first game post-All-Star. I talked about him earlier today when it looked like he might be a couple of weeks after. No, he's going to be back first game post-All-Star. Um, yeah, if you want to drop platoon for those guys, I don't think there's any problem with that whatsoever. Reggie Jackson made a spot start in place of Paul George. It wasn't quite as good as his um, spot start in place of Kawhi. 
But yeah, so 12 points, two threes, but he's not really anyone we need to pay attention to. For the Wizards, Beal had 33, 7 and 3, two steals and a block on uh, 39 from the field, which is bad. 93 on 15 attempts from the line is excellent. So great game from Beal there. He goes into the All-Star break as the eighth ranked player, dropping 54 fantasy points here as well. Well, Westbrook, big counters, 27, 9 and 11, four steals. Now his steal numbers were way down to begin this year, but they are coming back. The problem is, is he is murdering your free throws. Like, he cannot hit free throws anymore. It is a massive mental problem for Westbrook. This is a dude that used to be an 85% shooter. 47% on 15 attempts. Like, that is a killer, killer number. So you have to be punting that number. And if you have Russell Westbrook and you're not punting free throws, you're lying because you are punting free throws because you can't win them with Russell Westbrook. Denny Avdia, 4-7 and seven in his 25 minutes. That's fine. The minutes have at least come back up, which is strong. But... He's not a 12-team league guy. <sighs> Rui Hachimura. Get that garbage out of here! Please, anybody, somebody in the comments on this video, on Twitter, points leagues, uh, I sort of get it. In category leagues, what is your justification for holding on to Rui Hachimura? Nine points, 32 minutes. That pushes him to be the 215th ranked player this year in 30 minutes a game. I know he had to deal with COVID stuff, but it's not that far off what he was doing last year. He should not be on a 12-team roster. In a points league, sure, I can get the argument. Even then, I'm not sold on it, but I can get the argument. Category league, no way. Um, Davis Bertans, another substandard game. 11 points, two threes. Did get a whack in the eye and did have to get stitches on that. So that's something we have to, you know, I guess, pay marginal attention to, but he hasn't been good all year. And he's just falling into that three-point streaming player who I don't think should be a must-roster guy. While Flaming Mo Wagner... High usage, 27% usage, a plus 26. He had 12 and 3 with three steals and two threes. Like that's that's actually good. But I, I, I can't trust Scott Brooks. Alex Len didn't even play in this game. It's continual rotational roulette. If I'd see Wagner get 25 in a row, 25 minutes in a game for three games in a row... I'd probably add him, but I definitely wouldn't trust it because that is what the pattern has been with Scott Brooks uh, pretty much all of this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code, which is locked on. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Next game, the Toronto Raptors, the undermanned Toronto Raptors. They fall to the Celtics, 125-132. They did, as I predicted yesterday, change up their starting lineup. Um, we had didn't have the wiki starting. Chris Boucher came off the bench, but we had Stanley Johnson and DeAndre Bembry replace um, Yuda Watanabe and um, uh, Terrence Davis. But it didn't matter because Davis played a lot more minutes. 32 minutes, 22 points, 4 assists, 57% shooting. And that was something, again, I mentioned yesterday, is that the, the volume for what he did, I would still take a flyer as a streamer and in DFS for Terrence today, and that worked out all right. The wiki played 35 minutes. 
And I don't really care that he doesn't start. It's games like when they don't have any players and he plays 24 minutes that bothers me. 30 points, 5 triples, 73% shooting, 90% true shooting. We know it's going to be a consistent roller coaster, but this was great. Storm and Norman Powell wasn't as efficient as usual. Just 41% shooting, but was 7 of 8 from the line, 25 points, 4 threes, 4 assists, and 2 steals. And Lowry tied a franchise record, getting 19 assists to go with his 14 points in 40 minutes. He only shot 28%. But Kyle Lowry, amazingly, the 14th ranked player over the last two weeks. All right. What else can we look at with this team? Uh, Bainsey had 13 and 9. That's great, but it's because everyone was injured. Stan Johnson played 36 minutes in a start and had 14 points. Hit four threes, which is actually amazing for Stanley Johnson. Had two steals, but again, it's not going to be any sort of part of the rotation. Well, Watanabe went from starting to, uh, to a DNP CD, which is frustrating. Not that he makes that much difference for fantasy, but you would hope he'd get a little bit more play than that. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum, only 6 of 10 from the line, which is the negative. But on the positive side, 27, 12, and 5, two steals and 60% shooting. So good to see those shots start to go in. While the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, 23 minutes, 10 and 7 with three blocks. The most important thing there is 23 minutes. He just keeps pushing to... 20 minutes a night is enough for him to be must roster. 25 minutes a night is enough for me to rip a hole in the front of my pants. 30 minutes a night, I'll probably pass out. Now, I don't, I don't actually love him that much, but we know that the permanent value is there. I know he has defensive lapses. I know he has offensive lapses, but they are trending towards him a little bit more. And in this game, he was preferred over Daniel Tice. Now, after the game, Brad Stevens said that Tice played only seven minutes because we couldn't go two bigs against the Raptors. Like, Brad, you didn't realize that before the game started? You really shouldn't be going with two centers against any team in the NBA. But you didn't look at their team and go, they're starting Stanley Johnson at the four, probably don't go in with two centers. I, I don't understand that. Do you? I definitely don't. There's still a lot of lineup decisions he makes are questionable. And then when you make that decision to move two centers out, you start Jeff Teague. Look, Jeff Teague's been one of the worst rotation players on this team and, and in the NBA this year. He was so bad, Brad, that you took him out of your rotation. Play one of those blokes who was playing well. Peyton Pritchard. Aaron Neesmith, who you have just curiously taken out of the rotation. Grant Williams, Shemi Ojale. I don't even know who, but that was a curious call. Anyway, as for Rob Williams, must roster player. Daniel Tice, the seven minutes isn't what's going to happen for him moving forward. He'll play more than this um, uh, majority of the time. But in a 10-team, he's a drop. In a 12, he's a fringe guy. Interesting. Thompson's only like a 14 to 16-team league player. Kemba had 15 points with six assists and two blocks. Didn't shoot particularly well. Well, it was a nice night from Pritchard. 10 points, two threes, two steals. And Teague, in his minutes, actually shot 86% from the field. So maybe I was too harsh. I wasn't, but maybe I was too harsh. 14 points in 27 minutes there. Jalen Brown. Um, this is a great illustration of the, the idea that when someone comes in and is playing like an absolute monster and his numbers are huge and he's a likable bloke, I like him. And then when I come out and say, dudes, I think he might be a sell high. There's no Kemba. Tatum's missing time. He's hitting every single mid-range shot in the world. That There's going to be a regression. And because he's a good bloke, because he's on your team, because you like the Celtics, because we love seeing big performances, you know, the, the immediate response is, Josh, you're just a hater. You're a hater. Jalen is this good. He will be a top 20 player. The vast majority of the time when this happens, if you bet on the regression, you're going to win. And we're seeing that hit you real hard at the moment. Now, he had 21 points still, but 36% from the field, 69 from the line. Giggity. On 16 attempts, outside the top 100 over the last two weeks, back outside the top 40 over the season. 
That is why when someone, and that's why I try to look at what they're doing, but why are they doing it? How are they doing it? That is super important. It's not like Jalen Brown's awesome now. Guys, he's the best shooter in the world. He runs this team. He's the number one option. He's going to run it without paying attention to the fact that Kemba's not there and Tatum's not there and he's hitting 60% of pull-up mid-range jumpers and shit that's just not going to continue. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this to be like I told you so. It's more just an, an, an instructive thing that sometimes it doesn't work out. Brandon Ingram improved his free throw percentage 25% all of a sudden became a guy that can triple his three-point volume and hit them at 40%. And that sort of shit just doesn't happen. So if you take the regression side of those big improvements, you will come out on top the majority of the time. And that's what the sell highs and buy lows are about. So try not to get swept up in... Jalen's better than this. Like, don't get me wrong. He's better than this. He'll come back and be that top 40, top 50 player. He just couldn't have sustained the top 20 numbers that he was putting up. And I think that's where you have to sort of dis- disassociate yourself from the current production to, to understand what it might mean moving forward and why this current production is coming at this level. Hope all that makes sense. Um, all right, let's go on to anything more of this game. Uh, no, let's move on to the next one. The Detroit Pistons and the New York Knicks. The Pistons, 104, Knicks, 114. No Jeremy Grant, no Josh Jackson, no Jeremy Grant's not getting traded, uh, no Delon Wright. So they started that same Frankenstein lineup with Sphema K. Luke starting next to Wayne Ellington, the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, Dennis Smith, and Mason Plumley. K. Luke had big minutes again, 37 of them. 11, 3, and 5, two steals and three threes. And there's a real chance he continues to start as the season goes on. But there's also a real non-chance that he plays 37 minutes a night and is a useful fantasy player, just a deeper league guy. Plumley had 12 and 13, while the Duke Wayne Ellington... Don't don't tell me that Dwayne Casey's going to rely on this dude again. He's not going to be on this team for in the next two weeks, so I don't think we have to worry too much. But 17 points, four threes for the Duke. While the depressed penis started out pretty poorly, yeah, sort of salvaged himself at the end for 14 points in 36 minutes. But I think the key thing is here that even though he was playing poorly and the shot wasn't going in, they're still persisting with him with big minutes, even though the guy behind him, Sikul Dumbaya, was outplaying him and didn't get the minutes. So that's important to note. Dennis Smith, I thought, should have seen more playing time. 12 points in 26 minutes. I think there's a non-zero chance that he can continue to start either next to or ahead of D-Lon Wright. Uh, I think he's going to lose minutes when Killian Hayes returns, but we just hold him and we see what happens post-All-Star break. No need to make a drop on him now, while uh, Isaiah Stewart had 10 points in his 20 minutes. For the Knicks, remember in the preseason, Nerlens Noel was the starting center on the Knicks, and then he had to rest for a knee issue, and then, you know, your mate, Tom Thibodeau said, no, nah, it's nothing to be, it's nothing. It's just, just a planned rest, my guys. And then, of course, he lost the starting job to Mitchell Robinson. Well, now there's no Mitch Robinson. Now there's no Taj Gibson. So Nerlens Noel is just playing every minute in the world. And he's putting up huge numbers. This is why he was a must-roster player when that injury happened. 12 and 11 for Nerlens. Four steals and two blocks. And like Dennis Smith, who in a revenge game played 26 minutes and had 12 points, by the way, um, Nerlens Noel, there's a chance he keeps this job. We know he's a monster with defensive stats. Could Tibbs just keep him in this role? Sure. Does you know Tibbs have a a uh, I don't know debt to Mitchell Robinson to get him to start? No. So you hold Mitch Robinson. No, you hold Nerlens Noel. Sorry, and you see what happens. And you love what he's doing now. Forty-two minutes for Julius Randle again. The the the, the, min, the minutes nonsense is nonsense. They were up 20 points in the fourth quarter here. I don't know Detroit started to come back, but calm down. 27, 16, and 7. Not great from the line, but a good night overall. Well, Lord Alfred Payton, first game back from a hammy. Play 35, Alfred. 
And, and, and you're also not good, but also play 35. 20.6 rebounds, four assists, four steals, and a block. Now, that is a very good 12-team league line. It's a very good line. There was no Derek Rose in this game. Um, I, I don't know who Tibbs irrationally loves more. Is it Peyton or is it uh, is it Rose? Would I be tempted to pick up Alfred Payton? He's played 28 minutes a night this year, and he's the 223rd ranked player. So probably not. That's that's evidently very good, that line. But his other production hasn't been. So I don't think I would, but it's intriguing to see nonetheless. Uh, Ron Barrett. Giggity. I don't know why I pushed that so early. He shot 69% from the field. Giggity. There you go. 21 points, four rebounds, five assists, but the uh, triple, well, not the triple zero. He hit a three late. No steals, no blocks. Hurts his overall value a bit there. He's fine if you want points in a 12-team league. If you need that value, he can provide that. While, of course, in a game that Derek Rose is out, the rookie, Emmanuel Quickly, who scored so well last game, plays 13 minutes, comes in off the bench after Alec Burks, after Obi Toppin, after Frank Nilakina. Now, you could look at this and say the 13 minutes that Quickly played is fine because Josh, he was struggling. He was a minus seven and he missed all four of his shots. And that's 100% true. Quickly isn't as good as many people make him out to be. He has some very interesting high free throw attempts games, high usage games, um, you know, wildly high scoring games, and then he's completely inconsistent and struggles in a lot of areas. And I've banged that drum a lot. But, and, and saying the 13 minutes here is ridiculous, it, it, it does come off weird because he, he struggled. But my point is not that. My point is, again, after him playing so well last game, why did he come in as the fourth guy off the bench? Now, that wasn't because he was playing poorly, because the last time we saw him, he played well. Nilakina, a guy, again, who wasn't deemed good enough to be in the rotation, was playing ahead of him. Now, Frank came in and banged in three threes in a row. But we didn't know that before Frank came in before quickly. Of course, Frank didn't score again after that. So it's just, it's the the thought process, the mindset. And again, just come out and say you hate rookies. Just say it, because we know it's true. Drop a manual quickly. Reggie Bullock had 12 points in 33 minutes. Alec Burks, only the 20 minutes there as well. He has fallen out of favor. He is obviously a clear 12-team league drop. Guys, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. It is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's in a chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. I used to be a pharmacist. I know about this stuff. These medications work. And Blue Chew is out there giving them to you. Well, not giving them to you, providing this service to you at a very affordable rate. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no need for the visit to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable, which is great. You don't have to swallow them, just get them in there, chew them, and you're ready to go. The tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare, and they ship direct. It's cheaper than going to the pharmacy as well. So, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and the important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout and you just pay $5 shipping. That's it. That's bluechew.com. Promo code is Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, next up. The Nuggets beat the Pacers on the road, 113-103. They sweep their road trip. Um, 
with some pretty good uh, performances here. Big win here. He had it pretty comfortable. Mickey Porter, Maga Porter Jr., 38 minutes, 24 and 11, five threes, two steals, one block, sell high. And I'll tell you why you sell high. Because if he plays 35 minutes a night, this is not an outrageous performance from Porter. He can do this. He can be a top 30 player. But you've got to look at who's out. Millsap, Green, Harris, Faku. Porter is playing at his best position, but the two dudes that are out play at his best position. And we have seen Malone be very hesitant to play Porter there or to play Porter big minutes when everyone's healthy. And now that his love child, Will Barton, is playing at a higher level and his other love child, PJ Dozier, is playing at a higher level, Porter won't play 38 a night, I don't believe. Will he start over Barton? He 100% should. Should he start over Millsap? Probably. But I don't know whether he will. Now, when I say he's a sell high, don't sell him for a top 70 player. It's not a sell high. Use this game and go, look, he's back. Maga's on fire. He's throwing these out there. Big games. He's their future, guys. He's their future. Millsap, crusty toe junk. Like, get him out of here. Porter's their future. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't want him on my team because of his anti-COVID stance or whatever. Whatever you want. But try to get a top 30 back. If you can't, you hold him because it's not, it's not like there's a 0% chance that he doesn't play 35 minutes. I'm just skeptical about it. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 23 points in 39 minutes with four assists and two steals. And Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Um, not his best night. That's sort of more old Jokic, but still 28, 12, and 8 on 50% shooting. Didn't have a steal on a block. Still really good. Farton Will Barton had 16 and 6, and I think he, he is going to hurt when Millsap, Green, and Harris all return, and probably meet, leaves him more that 14-team league. Well, let's talk PJ Dozier, who is a guy that came in as a G League guy as a point guard, came to the Nuggets and started playing power forward, and his assist rate really dropped. But his passing was very, very good in this game. Eight assists, two steals, one block, spotting up Michael Porter a ton on uh, cross-court passes. He was a whopping plus 31. I think it was plus 28 last game. He is dominating bench units. He's not doing too much from a fantasy point of view, but he's at least in the rotation. And Vlatko Chanchar, again, another big game. Not in terms of production, but what he does on the court. Seven points, three rebounds, 15 minutes. Now, Chanchar, Naji, Hartenstein, all those guys played really well. They were plus 16, 17, and 13. Or sorry, 17, 16, and 13, respectively. But they're going to lose out when Millsap, Green, Harris, Faku come back. But good little, uh, good little cameos from them. For the Pacers... This is what's frustrating about Bjorkren and Miles Turner is that we see him play 38 minutes. We see him go out there and have 28 and 12 with a steal and three blocks and go, well, he can do it. He can play big minutes and he can be good usage. And then he'll go out there and have seven points in 29 minutes or 26 minutes and it will frustrate the shit out of you. Like, that's what's annoying. Minus one in this game, which, yeah, for when you lose by 10, it's not bad. You just want more from him. 20 points in 30 minutes for Dougie McDirt with three steals and four threes. Just a deeper league guy again. We're probably going to get Karis LeVert back not too long after the um, after the All-Star break. So that's going to hurt McDermott. It's going to hurt Holiday. It's going to hurt McConnell. It's going to hurt the other Holiday. It's going to hurt Sumner. As for uh, T- Timothy John McConnell, 29 minutes, 10, 5, and 4. We know yesterday was a complete outlier. How he runs the rest of the season, I, I don't know. There are a lot of question marks on this rotation for when Levert is back and then when Warren is back, whenever that eventuality takes place. Um, you're still holding, TJ. And I think you know, Justin Holiday, again, we're still holding. I'm just not sure it's going to be must roster the whole way. 16 points, four threes, and two steals for Juzza. Not a great night for Brogo. 10 points on 14 shots with six assists. And Jeremy Lamb, I reckon, uh, I reckon he can go. Get that garbage out of here! 16 minutes. 
a sore knee, 11% shooting, four points. He's, he, and it was another one of those ones that like Jalen Brown, like when he came out, he came back from the injury. He was shooting at like numbers which are impossible to sustain. And then I said, well, just watch when other guys come back, there's going to be a squeeze. Plus these numbers are going to fall off. No, he's not an 11% shooter. He's much better than that. But again, we have to try and find, is there enough playing time for Jeremy Lamb? And the the answer to that is almost definitely going to be no. So just move on. Yeah, I drop him way before Holiday and way before McConnell in terms of trying to clear up a roster spot. Let's go to the next game. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks. They just get over the line thanks to a Drew Holiday buzzer beater, 112-111. Um, again, that bloke who was on my live stream today, who said, oh man, I'm just, uh, mate, I'm just frustrated with Drew, so I dropped him. What? what? And this is where you know, I, I say, you know, just keep an eye out on your waiver wire. Keep an eye out on trades. You never know what happens. That's obviously a guy that listens to this podcast and still did that. Drew Holiday had 15 points in 23 minutes. Game winner, three assists, two steals. Still working his way back from COVID, but he's going to be fine. The buy low is still marginally there. And it's closed a little bit though. Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um... I was going to say shout out to Basil Zemplis for that clip, but no, because he's a piece of shit. So, Basil, how can you how you get that name wrong and how the other disgusting shit you do? Um, yeah, piss off. Yanni had 26, 11, and 8 with two steals and a block, while Chris Middleton had 22 and 10 in his 39 minutes. Wasn't all that efficient, but Brooke Lopez. Brooke brings the Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. 12 points, six rebounds, two steals, two blocks, two dribbles. Good night from Brooke. Now, we haven't said good night from Brooke for a long time. It's why he's just been that real fringe, fringe 12-team league hold for me, but drop in other formats. Um, amazing you win a game when Pat Connaughton plays 30 minutes, but here we are, 15-9 with three threes for Patty, who's actually playing a little bit better, but more of a 16-team league guy. While the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, 7-7-4, seven, seven 30 minutes, I'd be dropping him in 12-team as well. DJ Augustin only the 21 minutes, and I feel pretty confident in saying that DJ won't be the starting point guard when we return after the All-Star break. Guys, is punch bob... Bobby Portis, punch Bob Shiploke. <sighs> Hate to say it. Is, is, he, is he maybe not good? Maybe. Eight points in 15 minutes, three rebounds, a triple zero. This is the punch Bob that I have known and I have loved to shit on for years and years and years. Again, he came out, he made me eat my words, and I had to utter the phrase, yes, Bobby Portis is a must-roster 12-team league player. Somehow he's doing it in 21 minutes. But I continue the skepticism. How is it possible? How is this happening? The answer was through, I don't know, witchcraft. I'm not sure. Something. But he's back to being shit again. Do you drop him? I would because I don't like him. And um, to be fair to Portis, I don't like him for the punching your teammate stuff. He does a lot of great charity work and by all means, really good bloke. I also have hated the way he's played in the past. Offensive black hole, defensive sieve. That combination of player is one that shits the hell out of me. So I can't say I hate him. I didn't like the, the punching stuff. Didn't like the on-court play. Um, I, I do think that he's moving towards a drop. Remember when people added Bryn Forbes? Man, he's bad as well. Zero points in 12 minutes. A 12 trillion. Shout out to Tony Snell. On to the Memphis Grizzlies. Do I, do I say it? Dylan Brooks had a big game. Whew. 35 minutes for Brooksy. 23 points, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Maybe you'll be hearing from him later on. We do the lines of the night. We'll see. He still shot 35% from the field and was a minus 5 in a game that they lost by 1. Um, but 8 of 8 from the line is remarkable. And that is going to give him another 3 months of leeway under Taylor Jenkins. Jar Morant, unbelievable stuff. 
10 of 11 from the line, excellent. Three, 35 points, but I'm just more enamored by the fact that he hit three threes and he had a steal. Now, he's still only the 97th ranked player over the last two weeks, but he is coming back into form. Don't look at him as a top 20 player. I think best case for him is probably top 40, but these, he was really good here. Really, really good. My concerns are still there. Yeah, volume of threes, volume of steals, but the threes here were nice. Kyle Anderson returned. He started, played 26 minutes, nine points, one steal, two blocks. He's been a surprise all season. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. But I cannot, I cannot remove the thought from my head that he will lose value as the season goes on. And we're sort of starting to see that here. Um, Taylor Jenkins doesn't know how good D'Anthony Melton is. 15 minutes for Melton, that, gives, that that makes my confidence in him shrivel. Like, it is it is shriveling. Almost as much as, like, you might shrivel. When, no, I won't say that. Um, six points, two threes, three steals in 15 minutes for the wave pool. Like, that's great production. The dude is a good shooter. The dude is a great defender. The dude can pass. The dude is better than 17 blokes. Nah, that's not true. He's better than a lot of blokes on this roster. But that doesn't matter if your head coach doesn't believe it. So... When we, when we get Grayson Allen back, is Allen just straight back in and melting out? I fear it. I'll blast the shit out of Jenkins if it happens, and he won't care because he won't hear it. But it's a real worry. 15 minutes for a bloke who's been almost your team's best player the last two games, and then even in the minutes he plays, it was really good. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a bit sus to me. Jonas Vasilinovas. Inefficient game for Valanciunas. 13 and 12 in 27 minutes. 38% shooting, but still just you know, rock solo. While Brandon Clark, eh, 29 minutes. The thing is, somehow I've turned into a Brandon Clark hater. And I don't know how that's the case. I wanted to draft him number four in last year's draft. Number four. I thought he was really good. I think in the redraft, I had him at number three. I don't even remember where I had him, but I had him high. I'm just, I, I try to gauge what he's doing where his upside goes and how the team values him. Now, the 29 minutes is nice, but he definitely has taken... Or he, I think the kindest thing I can say is he hasn't taken a step forward this year. I think he took steps back. Some of that was his groin injury. The two steals are nice. I am barely still holding in 12-team leagues. But again, like Kyle Anderson, I, I don't know what happens when Jaron returns. Justice Winslow, get rid of him. Get that garbage out of here! Him and Rui Hachimura can hold hands as they get booted out of 12-team league. Six points, 10 rebounds in 24 minutes on 27% shooting. And 27% shooting from Justice Winslow, I don't look at that and go, it's an off-shooting night. It actually might be not far from where he actually is as a shooter. And the idea of Justice Winslow is significantly higher, multiple tiers higher than the actuality of Justice Winslow. Not a good fantasy player. Move on. Desmond Bain, four points in 19 minutes. He's definitely losing that spot to Grayson Allen. That is that is 100% happening. I can tell you that right now. All right. So let's move on now to the next game. The Miami Heat beat the Zionless Pelicans, 103-93. The Heat were also without Bam Adebayo, but Jim Butler returned. Obviously, it was okay. 29 points, nine assists, three steals, 71% shooting. He has been rolling. He's the 17th ranked player this year. Absolutely turning it on. While without Adebayo, Kaliulinic, what is going on? 37 minutes, 18, 10, and 7 with four threes. Now, the 88% shooting is not real, but Alinic can pass. Alinic can shoot. He can score. He can board. The problem is, is you know, when Adebayo plays, his minutes and role fluctuate so much that it is hard to rely upon him. He's more of a 14-team league guy. Kendrick Nunn started um, 25 minutes, 13 points, 31% shooting. 
Avery Bradley still has to come back. Bam still has to come back. And if you think Bam coming back has no impact, it absolutely does because the Heat went with Kelly Olenek at center, meaning that when Bam plays, Olenek pushes down, so everyone else has to push down a position. Not saying that you just outright drop Kendrick Nunn, but if you can get any top 100 player back, I would do it. Dragic had 13 points, while the starting replacement for Adebayo, KZ Okpala, KZ Okpala, uh, five points in 17 minutes for two, with two blocks. I, I think he might be an okay player. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a good fantasy player, but he's obviously not there now. Dunk Robinson, not a 12-team league must roster guy. Five points in 28 minutes for him, while uh, it wasn't a good night for Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah. Two points, six shots, one assist. I think... Um, People may overrate this guy uh, a little bit. Remember, he did a cool snarl. Remember that? Um, again, he was being drafted in some drafts, pick 60, which was, again, ins- absolute insanity. What do we do with him in fantasy leagues? I think in a 10-team league, he's got to be considered close to a droppable player. In a 12-team league, I probably do still hold on because this is obviously just bad, bad play. It's, it's bad, right? He will be better than this. But... He's not as good as, you know, the highlights or ESPN or fancy suits or, you know, rooting Instagram models would tell you. It's not that good. Maybe he's not as good as he thinks he is or he's not as good as we think he thinks he is, if that makes any sense. For the Pelicans, no uh, Zion. So they started Josh the Hitman Hart. He was, uh, he was excellent. Executed his way to 12 points with eight rebounds, three assists in 41 minutes. Didn't shoot well, but still, there's enough value in him as a 12-team league guy. Well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, not, not, not great in terms of shooting, 29%, and that's been a problem for him all through his career. No, minus six is not great, but 13, three, and four. He's a guy that needs minutes because he is just a big accumulator. Efficiency and plus minus, a lot of stuff can be a problem. Finding these minutes most nights might be tough. But again, you know, I talked about this yesterday, about the pattern of Eric Bledsoe. And then Van Gundy goes back to what he did two weeks ago. Plays 26 minutes of Bledsoe, nine points with five assists, while Alexander Walker plays 23. And to be honest, the guy they should be giving the minutes to is Kyra Lewis, who was the only positive guy in terms of plus minus. That's not fair, actually. Nicola Melli was a plus one. Lewis played 17 minutes, had 11 points with a rebound and an assist. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think that they're going to give him 30-plus minutes a night this year. I think they should. And you've got to watch to see what happens with trades. I think he's a much better prospect than Alexander Walker. Um, but he's he has he's not quite there with Van Gundy. I think he could come in. If he started right now, if they said you're our starting point guard and you're playing 32 minutes a night, I'd add him in every single 12-team league. But we are a long way from that happening. Steve Adams had 15 points. That's cool. But 43% from the line, no steals, no blocks, no threes. You can do... Look, that, that's fine for 12-teamers. The problem is that that's a good night for Steven Adams. So he's not a must-roster player. 10 points in 31 minutes for Lonzo. A shit night heading into the break. 25% shooting. He'd been much better than this, obviously. The last two were pretty poor. We're not reacting too much. And it looks like the Jackson Hayes. Jackson, Jackson suck my dick Hayes. Um, again... Again, snubbed from the Rising Star game. I don't know why he hasn't made a TikTok about that. He's back in the rotation over Billy Hernan Gomez. So Van Gundy's gone back to, again, what he did two, three weeks ago. Not adding Hayes outside of, you know, 16-teamers, but a steal on a block, 60% shooting is pretty nice. 
Um, just interesting to see them make that change to that rotation and still lost by 10. But it is hard to fully grasp everything in this game because there was no Zion Williamson, of course. If we move on to the next game, um, the Spurs, they go down to the Thunder, 102-107. For Oklahoma City, there was no Al Horford, so Isaiah Roby started and he was solid once again. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. I think he's worth having on a 12-team roster with how many back-to-backs are coming up. The fact that he's playing 20 minutes a night, even on nights where Horford plays, is encouraging. Gildas Alexander was excellent, 33 with 8 assists, and the Moose, Mike Muscala, this is a real Horfordless special, 18 points, 4 threes for him. Don't overreact to that, while uh, Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. 15 points, 4 steals, a block, 31% shooting's pretty rough. He was a plus 20, so he was good, and that makes him the 238th ranked player this year, so don't need to overreact to adding him. And Darius Baisley, we've dropped him, surely. 11 and 10 in 30 minutes for Bays. Um, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladan. Seven rebounds is nice. Five assists is nice. Seven points is nice. 29 minutes isn't particularly good. Um, I, I, it depends who's on your wire, but I've been stressing, look, at him. Let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes over the last two weeks. He didn't take the steps forward that Cole Anthony started to do. If you want to move on, if there's someone else out there on your wire, if someone pops up that's returning from injury that you want to make the move for, I don't think you're losing a huge amount by dropping Theo. 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 The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, had nine points in his 25 minutes with a steal and four rebounds, but he just continues to be that back, back, back-end guy. For the Spurs, Yucca Pirtle had foul trouble, so only played 23 minutes. It was a shit night anyway. Two points with a steal on a block, while Lonnie Walker, uh, 11 points in 24 minutes. Someone asked me a question, is Lonnie Walker a 12-team league guy? Because they look at the points, and they go, look at those points, points. Love points. Lonnie Walker scores points. He he, he actually did all right in the other categories here today as well. Steal and two blocks. But only 24 minutes in a night with no Gay Vassell or White, he's not close to a 12-team league guy. DeJounte Murray, the sell high window is still there. He's the 22nd ranked player over the last two weeks, 14, 4, and 9. Well, Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles, what are we doing here? 15 and 10 in 27 minutes for Lylesy. No LaMarcus Aldridge. So that's an impact there. But Lyles has played solidly. Top 120 over the last two weeks because of all the absences, but still. But Gay is going to have an impact on him when he comes back. Aldridge is going to have an impact when his tummy feels better. Um, And all these guys are going to have an impact. So he's just a deeper league guy who may not even be in the rotation. Another strong night from Luka Sharmanich. Nine and seven, two steals and a block. Absolutely a name to watch for next season. Not sure he impacts it this season, but a name to watch for next season. While Milsey had 27 minutes, 13 points, three threes, and he will also lose playing time. Keldon Johnson ramping up. 22 minutes for Keldon. Nine points. I don't think he's in any danger of being a -a 24-minute-a-night player because Trey Lyles is playing well. I'm not ruling it out. And I would make sure Keldon Johnson isn't on a waiver wire, but I'm not thinking that's a, consider- a consistent problem that's going to you know, hamper us as we move forward. Pirtle's a 12-teamer. Keldon's a 12-teamer. White's a 12-teamer. Murray's a 12-teamer. DeRozan's a 12-teamer. Not sure about Aldridge. Gay isn't. Mills isn't. Vassell isn't. Uh, I don't know why I'm just telling you every player in this team, but that's sort of, I think, where we need to uh, what we need to do and have a look. But I'm, I'm rambling. So, uh, Lee, let's move on to the next one. All right, so on to the next game. Uh, pretty big blowout here, which I think you could have anticipated with the Warriors going down to the Suns. 120-98. Steph Curry rested. Draymond Green rested. Kelly Oubre was out. And as I mentioned in the pregame show, I think this will be an opportunity for them to start Blunty. James Wiseman. Where are you now? And they did. He played 35 minutes. I wouldn't say it went particularly well. 11 and 10 on 39% shooting. They said, or Steve Kerr said before the game, um, that 
after the break, they are going to have to give him more minutes and try and balance that development with winning, which he didn't say it in so many words, but basically what he's saying is is that for me to um, give Wiseman more minutes, I have to sacrifice winning games. Um, I don't know what that actually means. He wouldn't commit to starting Wiseman, but whenever there is opportunities like this, they will start him and play him minutes, but I think a lot of the time he's still going to be restricted. Maybe the 17 minutes a night he was playing goes to 18 minutes. Probably goes more. Maybe goes to 22 minutes. Still, this dude is not a top 200 player this year so far in 20 minutes a game. He'd need to get 25 a night, 26 a night, and there will be improvements, so maybe it's only 25 a night, but I'm still not banking on that. He wasn't particularly good here. Speaking of not particularly good, minus 22 for Andrew Wiggins, 16 points in 31 minutes with two steals. At least he shot better. Well, Jordan Poole really showed some stuff here. 26 points in 26 minutes for Poolie. Five triples, a steal, a block, really good efficiency, really good usage. Where he fits in the rotation remains to be seen, but you can see him playing over Michael Mulder. You could see him playing maybe over Brad Wanamaker. You could see him maybe playing over Damian Lee. I thought he was really impressive. At least something to watch for deeper leagues. And I think Nico Mannion, Carrot Top, is also something to watch for deeper leagues. 31 minutes for Nico, 9 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. I thought he handled himself well in his real first his first dose of NBA action. He's not going to start over Steph Curry, obviously but he could take some of those Wanamaker bench minutes. Bazemore and Looney, they all sort of got the rest as well. 13 minutes, 11 minutes for those guys. While they're trying to go Eric Pascal, he continues to suck. 39% usage, minus 16 for six points in 15 minutes. He has been uh, atrocious outside the top 300 this season and is significantly, I didn't think he was that good last year, and he's significantly worse than what he was last season. I'm not sure what his NBA future holds, to be honest. Damian Lee didn't do too much in his start. For the Suns, good good, uh, good day here in the Lloyd House because Cameron Payne played 27 minutes, had 17, 5, and 10, three steals and a block. It's Dutch riders all around for everyone here. Uh, Payne, was great. He'd sort of fallen a bit out of favor, and it's good to see that production come back. But I don't know what the hell you take out of this game against a Warriors G League squad where yeah, Chris Paul plays 21 minutes, McCall Bridges plays 27 minutes, and everyone goes half-assed. It's really hard to judge too much there. Jay Crowder had 14 points. We had 25 Frank Kaminsky minutes, 24 uh, Abdul Nadir minutes. Realistically, look, Javon Carter, who doesn't play, played the entire fourth quarter. Sharage had 13 points in his 18 minutes and was, again, a monstrous plus 20. Him and Payne really doing some good stuff together. But I don't really think there's any takeaway out of this game, from the Phoenix side especially. All right, so let's eventually get on to this last game of the night. The Portland Trailblazers beat the Kings 123-119 in the end. Uh, of course, you know, we have, to have, we have to have reviews. We have to have free throw game. We have to have all the boring shit that happens at the end of games, but that's just what happens in the NBA. Um, let's start with Marvin Bagley, who had played 32 minutes, another 14-9 and game, but his game still is lacking. No steals, no blocks, one of three from the line, 46 from the field. Yeah, find the person who will really froth a big points-rebounds type combo that believes in Marvin Bagley as a top-two pick. Like, oh, I look, he's providing some short-term value at the moment, back, real back-end stuff. But he wasn't in the closing lineup. We had Corey Joseph getting minutes there down the end. And then Tyrese Halliburton is just going to cut into that playing time. And I think Hassan Whiteside also will cut into some of that playing time. So I, I don't think of him as a must-roster 12-team league guy. I think he's a back-end guy, maybe. But I don't think he's a must-roster. Definitely not for 10s. But see if he can get anything there. 
Holmes played 31 minutes, 12 and 11 with two steals and two blocks, while Fox had 32, 8 and 12, which is great. Until you look at 6 of 10 from the line. And I know he missed one of those intentionally down the end, but still, he needs to be better from the line, and it is what holds him back continually. While without Halliburton and without Whiteside, Nemanja Bielitsa was back in the rotation. 27 minutes, 12 and 9. I don't really think that he sticks there long term, but that's good production. Um, The pencil, Harrison Barnes. One more before the break. Barnesy! 17 and 5 for Barnsley. That's that's okay. Well, Bud healed on that sore ankle again. 21 and 6 with five threes. This dude is very Tony Snellish. He never takes a free throw, but he is at least starting to come back around now. The shots are going in at a better rate, which is great. For the Blazers, Damian Lillard was awesome again. 44.7 assists, 8 rebounds, and he was assisted very ably by Ennis Cantor. 34 minutes for Cantor, 22 and 21 with a steal and a block. Now, Cantor, they've been cutting his minutes down recently and playing Covington and Jones and Mallow and those guys at center, but big minutes here. Now, of course, the news is out that we're going to have Yusuf Nurkic and uh, CJ McCollum probably returning not too far after the break, and that is going to have an impact on Cantor. So it's not saying he's an automatic drop, but he is going to trend in that direction. Bob Covington had seven and six, but three steals and three blocks gets it done there. While Derek Jones brought eight, four, and four with with a triple one to the table. I think he's going to lose some value here as well when uh, McCullum and Nurkic return. Gaz Trent, I reckon you could almost turf him. Seven points on 18% shooting. And over the last two weeks, he's not even a top 160 player. He's not a top 160 player this season, and it's about to get significantly worse. So if you do have someone that you want to add off the waiver wire in a 12-team league, Trent is uh, expendable. Mallow dropped in 16 points in 25 minutes, but that high usage scoring role, it is going to reduce somewhat when McCullum does return because then he'll have to battle with Gary Trent in that second unit for rotation minutes. All right, let's move on now and look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. The Wave pulled De'Anthony Melton up 20%. Yeah, not sure what's going to happen with that one. That didn't look too great today, even though he played well. Mallow up 14%, so you got some good numbers there. And then Speedy Claxton up 12%. Still a bit worried about where he goes in terms of minutes moving forward, but adding him is fine. You know I've spoken very highly about him all season, and I think that they should play him more minutes than DeAndre Jordan. Whether they will or not remains to be seen. Emmanuel quickly up 11%. Hey, Tom Thibodeau. And then Will Barton up 9%, which is fine for today. I just don't think that's really a great long-term move. Drops Jared Vanderbilt down 10%. Get that garbage out of here! Isaac Okoro down 7%. Drop him. Marcus Morris down 5%. Sure. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate down 5%. Fine. And then Boogie Cousins down 4%. Yep, they're the top drops, and I think all of those make a lot of sense. Your monstrous line of the night is Damian Lillard, 44 points, 8 triples, 7 assists. He is now up to being the 6th ranked player this year. He's averaging 29 and 8. Um, yeah, free throw is immaculate. Field goal percentage, you know, that's always going to take a dip on his volume as well, so you've got to watch that. Um, and steals are never fantastic, but everything else is awesome from Damian Lillard. And then let's move into the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of the league. Starts off pretty good for me. Number one is Campaign. Number two is Cali Olenek. I don't think we're adding them in 12-team league leagues. Olenek's a 14-team league guy. Number three, Jordy Poole, who Steve Kerr said post-game, they'll try and get him rotation minutes. Now, whether that comes at the expense of Wanamaker or Lee or Baysmore, that remains to be seen. But deeper leagues, you want to pay attention to Geordie Poole. Number four, Lord Alfred Payton. He's available in a lot of leagues. Big game from him today. I don't know what to make of him and Rose and that rotation in New York at this point, but if you are looking for a point guard, especially in 14-team leagues, you go and add Lord Alfred. Dougie McDirt, not interested. Number six is Redacted Davis. Uh, Terrence Davis, for those of you who aren't aware, he had a big game today, but that will not mean anything as we move forward. Paddy Connaughton, he's playing a lot of minutes. I don't really think that's anything interesting outside of deeper leagues. 
The Moose, Mike Muscala, three-point streamer on the days that Horford is out. Number nine is Terrence Mann, 20-team league stuff. And then Trey Lyles may not, literally may not be in the rotation when everyone is back fit and firing. Guys, that'll do it for me today. That'll do it for me until the, ga- the NBA games resume. Hope you guys have enjoyed the first half of the season. I'll be back for the second half of the season. And do me a solid. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit a thumbs up. Hit a notification bell. There's my thumb. Give me one of those. Guys, I will see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.